Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. As you may know, this episode has been a while in coming, and in all honesty, I needed to take a break for a while. This was because all the research that goes into these podcasts was starting to get a little overwhelming. I was even having nightmares. So I took some time to restructure some things and simplified the scope. Brutal Ends has always been an amazing project, and it really has grown bigger than I originally expected. The emails I've received from listeners over the past few months have been full of support, great ideas, and lots of encouragement. Thank you all so much, not only for your support and encouragement, but for listening and spreading the word. I'm truly looking forward to seeing where this podcast goes from here, and I'm glad to have you all along for the ride. And now, Hinter Kaifek. On March 31, 1922, the Gruber family and their maid were lured one by one to their deaths. Each was beaten about the head with a mattock. The killer or killers then spent a quiet weekend at the family farm, feeding the livestock and eating the Gruber's food. When the discovery of the bodies was made, the small farm in Hinterkaifeck would become infamous as one of the most perplexing and terrible murders in Bavarian history. This is their story. Andreas Gruber, 63, was the patriarch of the Gruber family, which included his wife, Kazila, 72, their daughter, Victoria, 35, and her two children, little Joseph, 2, and Kazila, 7. On the farm, there also lived the family maid, Maria Baumgartner. She was 44 when she was murdered. The month of March had been a troubling one for the family. The Grubers experienced a series of inexplicable happenings that ultimately drove their original maid from the house in fear of ghosts. Andreas had made mention to his neighbors that the family had begun hearing footsteps in the attic. But when he went to investigate, nothing and no one could be found. Days before the fateful afternoon, a strange newspaper mysteriously found its way to the front porch. No one in the family had ever read that particular newspaper, and no one could account for its arrival. Also, a set of keys went missing from the house that served to unlock not only the house, but the drying shed as well. Then, a few days before the events, the most mysterious and frightening occurrence happened. Early in the morning, Andreas discovered a set of footprints in the snow. The trail came from the woods and went right up to the house and disappeared. No matching set could be found leaving the house, and no one could be found hiding in the attic, cellar, or the main living areas of the house itself. These strange occurrences began to unnerve the family and left the farm with a sense of strained wariness. The family maid had been so frightened by the occurrences that she left the Gruber's employ. It was a move that would ultimately save her life. The Gruber's were a somewhat reclusive family. This was due in part that Andreas was known to be abusive towards his family and rough in his dealings with others. Added to this was the fact that Andreas and his daughter Victoria had been found guilty of carrying on an incestuous relationship. They had each served five months hard labor at the end of the trial. It was also rumored that Victoria's two-year-old son, Joseph, was Andreas's son. 
Victoria had been widowed when her husband Gabriel was killed in World War I in 1914. His body was never found, but the soldiers who were with him at the time corroborated seeing him die after being hit on the battlefield. He left behind a grieving Victoria and a young Kazila. Victoria did eventually recover from her grief, and in spite of the scandal with her incestuous relationship, she began courting a local man by the name of Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Two-year-old Joseph could as easily have been Lorenz's son as Andreas's. It was never really clear who had fathered the boy. We will never know the full details of what happened that day, but what we do know is that on Tuesday, April 4, 1922, neighbors had grown suspicious and worried. Little Kazila had not been to school that week, and no one had seen a single member of the Gruber family since the previous Thursday. That, on top of the strange happenings Andreas had mentioned to his neighbors, a growing concern was beginning to take hold. When neighbors went to check on the family, the bodies were found. After the investigation was complete, police determined that the Grubers were lured into the barn one at a time in the late afternoon or early evening of Friday, March 31st. It was there, in the gloomy light of the barn, that most of the family was murdered. Andreas had the right side of his face smashed in. The autopsy report claimed that his cheekbones were protruding from the wound. He had been hit so hard and so many times that the flesh of his face appeared shredded and he was caked in blood. His wife, Kazila, took seven blows to the right side of her head, cracking the skull and bruising over the right eye. She also bore signs of strangulation. Victoria suffered nine star-shaped wounds to the head. Like her mother, she showed signs of strangulation, and the right side of her face had been smashed with a blunt object. She also took a blow from a pointed weapon to the skull, which resulted in a smashed skull. Kazila, Victoria's daughter, appears to have been the last victim lured to the barn. She had a large, gaping wound across her neck. Her lower jaw was shattered and her skull was smashed after taking several blows to the head. There was evidence that she survived the attack for several hours. The horror of seeing her family murdered and the trauma of the injuries she sustained caused her to tear out her hair in clumps. These clumps were found still clasped in her lifeless hands days later. After dispensing death in the barn, the murderer or murderers moved to the house. It was there that little Joseph was killed in his bassinet with a single heavy blow to his face. The maid Maria was also killed in the home. She was found in her room, bearing the marks of her attack. She was hit repeatedly across the head and face. In spite of having committed such brutal slayings of six people, the killer or killers seemed to have been rather nonplussed about the whole ordeal. The neighbors reported seeing smoke from the chimney of the house over the weekend. This was one of the reasons it took so many days for people to grow suspicious. During the investigation, evidence was found that whoever killed the Grubers decided to have a stay in the quiet farmhouse for the weekend. The family's food was eaten, dishes were dirtied, and the fireplace was in constant use. In addition, the livestock were fed and tended to over the next several days. 
It was an odd and bold choice to stay in the home of the family you had just murdered, but it would seem that for whatever reason, this was the choice made by the killer. The gruesome discovery rocked the small community and set rumors flying. At first, it was suspected that Gabriel, Victoria's assumed dead husband, had not actually been killed in combat and that he had killed the family. Then, it was suspected that Lorenz, Victoria's lover, killed the house out of anger over the relationship between Andreas and his daughter. He was thoroughly investigated and later cleared of all suspicion. The brutal slaying of the Gruber family went unsolved for years. It was not until the deathbed confession of an elderly woman that a suspect was made known. The woman confessed that her two brothers had snuck into the Gruber's farmhouse and killed the family. The reason they had done so was due to the moral disgust they had for the incestuous relationship between Andreas and his daughter Victoria. By the time the confession was made, 11 years had passed, and one of the brothers had died in 1944 near a French POW camp. The remaining brother was found living as a pensioner. He was arrested and detained for three weeks. Ultimately, he was released as the statute of limitations had run out on the case. The names were withheld from the public in respect of the surviving family members. In spite of repeated cold case investigations, the most recent in 2007, the murders of the Gruber family remains a mystery. The reason for the brutal killing and the identity of the killer or killers will remain forever cast in doubt and uncertainty. That's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode about Hinterkaifeck. Until next time. <laughs>